0: Welcome back to Renegade Muscle. I am Jeff Roberts, and I'm here as always with Lee Priest and our very special guest, Ron Harris. What's up, Ron? How are you doing, guys? Doing well. G'day, Lee, g'day Ron. Long g'day g'day time
1: no see. mate. How are you going? <laughs>
0: Been a while.
1: Oh, Ron, Been a... Ron, Ron misses writing all the stuff I used to have to verbalize to him. Yeah. yeah. Your, your <laughs> column was, honestly, the two columns I, I enjoyed reading the most were your <laughs> column, which I wrote with you. And Greg uh-huh. Valentino, Greg Valentino's column. Yeah, I had oh, I had yeah. what I had the last the last word was in the back. I took that over, but then I had what was the Lee Priest one? Ask Lee or something where I just answered ridiculous questions. And
2: what was the one that the the the, the picture in the corner was
1: you flipping uh, flipping people? Uh, there was priest confessions. That was yeah, the main yeah, one. Yeah. Then there was the last word, and then there was another one. But... No, was it called Last Rites or something? Last Rights, yeah. yeah, that's what like it, yeah. Uh, last word was when Kevin had it, then they changed it to the last rights.
2: <laughs> that's right. You wrote some then, stuff in there.
1: Yeah. I'm sure I'm sure when Ron was typing that he's like, I can't believe I'm actually I've never how many times did you think I've never put this in a sentence before?
2: <laughs> yeah, I like the talking about hamsters going up people's butts and stuff. Yeah. It was yeah. it was fun. That's, a, that's an average day conversation for me. What he's yeah. talking about.
0: Yeah, I mean,
2: it was it was a, it was a very nice change of pace from how many Set reps do I do for curls?
0: <laughs> exactly. I bet. I bet. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, first thing I wanted to get into is how did you, Ron, how did you first Gosh, meet Lee? I'm sure you guys met uh, pretty far back. you remember the when you first met? 1981. Do you remember, Lee? No. 1981.
1: Oh, no, yes. Exactly. I remember. There no, we were on old. the beach. On the no, beach was, holding hands.
2: <laughs> it was actually uh 1993. I believe the guy I was working for at the time, Lou's Wick, did he fly mm-hmm. you out
1: from Australia? Uh, so, he was meant to, He was meant to, but then he didn't pay for the ticket, you know, the okay. old.
2: <laughs> so I don't think, did I meet, I'm not sure if I met you in LA or not until you got to Niagara Falls shortly after.
1: Uh, I think it would have been Niagara Falls, yeah, because in LA, the only one I met when I first got to LA was Irvin Gelb, and then I was in Niagara Falls with Irvin Gelb, right. and I think that's when I met you then.
2: Yeah, because have you told the story to people about how you turned pro that week?
1: Yeah, pretty much. I was going for the amateur show, and, uh, you know, Jim Mannion was in the gym, and he asked who I was and stuff, and I told him I'd won the national title three times, and he's like, well, why don't you have your pro card? I said, well, they said I was too young when I won it when I was 17 and 18. Now I was 19, and I won the national title again, and that's when Lou Zuick was calling me and said, well, you should come over and do the Niagara Falls amateur. So I said, okay, I'll come across. Came across to do that, and he's like, "Well, you should be pro." So Jim Mannion and Wayne got a hold of Paul Graham in Australia, and they said, "Okay, give him his pro card." So I got my pro card and did the Niagara Falls pro instead. Yep. And then they sent some photos. to Weeder Weeder gave me a contract. So my visit of two weeks to the states turned into eighteen years somehow.
2: Yeah, that's right. You never went back. No, it was no. it was hard to turn pro back then. It was really hard to turn oh. pro. Very. <laughs> yeah. I know Guy, yeah. I walk past pros in my area that you would never even look twice. You just think they're a regular person in the gym,
3: but
2: well, they have I'd pro make,
1: Well, I'd make jokes about that. Not like jokes, but I'd always say, it's funny. I'd say the same thing back then. If you saw a guy, you'd be like, holy shit, that guy's a pro. Yeah. I said, it's pretty sad. Now that you got to put pro in your name on Instagram <laughs> or Facebook to tell people you're a pro because otherwise they wouldn't know. So sure. yeah. I, I'll stay today too. It's like, here in Australia, some people always ask me, who's the next up-and-coming thing from Australia? You know, Josh was probably the main one before he sort of retired at the moment. But, you know, there's a lot of good bodybuilders in Australia. when I say, well, at the moment, I don't really see someone that's going to go make an impact in America. People go, oh, you're so negative and that. But I understand you wanting to give out pro cards. But to me, it's like if we have a national show here and the guy who wins the national show is good, yes, he might be good for Australia, but if you give him a pro card and he goes to America, you know, there's so much more gene pool over there. I said, you don't want to send a guy that's great here, but when he stands on stage in America, he's not even going to get looking, looked at. So it's like, I understand wanting to give out pro cards to people, but if they're not up to that calibre to stand on a pro stage, it's like you wouldn't have the national titles here for sprinting and the guy that does a 100-meter dash in 16 seconds, you're not going to send him to the Olympics because he's the best we've got, are you? You know, Usain Bolt would be across the line coming around again by the time our runner got across the line. So. What,
2: what's the population of Australia, do you know?
1: Uh, like 23 million. That's it? The whole country? Mm-hmm. What the hell happened? Wow. Was there like a, an apocalypse, a plague? <laughs> COVID. That's, that's it? <laughs>
2: 23 million?
1: Wow. Yeah, we all live, we mainly all live around the coast. I think, yeah, it's like 23 million-odd now. So, you know, when you think, because, you know, we're all around the East Coast and a bit on the West Coast, in the middle – and that's the thing, too. When you think of Australia – we're pretty much the same we've got the same land mass almost as America, but yet only twenty three you know, it's probably more people living down in San Diego than the whole of Australia. <laughs> same, same thing with Canada. Th- yeah. Canada's got more people now, but I think it's I still think
2: they only have I wanna say like forty or fifty million. They have more land they have more land mass than the
1: USA. Oh yeah. Well you look at look at England, how small England is. They've got four times the amount of people Australia has. <laughs> How are bodybuilders treated
0: in Australia? I haven't been, but like, is it a cultural thing? It seems like there's not a whole lot of like talent coming out of Australia compared to the UK and Canada and the Middle East, obviously is bonkers.
1: not here in Australia, you know, it's like rugby league, cricket, all those sports are like the main sports because America is so much bigger. Like I said, the gyms and fitness over there is much bigger here. It's become a little more accepted because I guess fitness, the whole fitness industry is slowly growing around the world. People get more into it still. If you're a bodybuilder, you're still walking down the street. No matter how hard you train and even if you're natural, you're still going to get steroids, drugs, blah, blah, blah. It's like when I was getting ready for the universe, walking early in the morning, people left over from the bar the night before, drunk, leaning on the wall, smoking a cigarette. I walked past them. Steroids, they're no good for you. I'm like, oh, fuck, look at you. (laughs) (laughs) I had drunk people smoking cigarettes. You know, steroids are bad for you. (laughs) I'm like, keep going. It's like crazy, so...
2: They're all yeah. dead now. I'm sure. Uh, that's uh, uh, you know,
1: you know. I never worried about what other people thought anyway. So it's like whatever. Clearly, clearly, Do your own, do your own thing. <laughs> as long as you're yeah. happy, who cares?
0: <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. What did you think of Lee in the early days, Ron? Like, what was your first impression of the the freak he was? Super impressive. He
2: was, yeah. uh, you know, I, I hate to say one of the greatest shorter bodybuilders because he was one of the greatest of the '90s. Period. Mm-hmm. It was a it was a tough era. And you know, back then there were no uh, two. There was no two twelve. There was there was no these other divisions. Didn't it was just bodybuilding. Mm-hmm. So you had guys like Lee. You had the late Momo Benaziza, Terry Pastel. You had uh, you yeah, had tons Vince, of guys. Vince Who? Vince Vince Yeah, Vince Comerford, the late Vince Comerford. and mm-hmm. they were all in the. Were, I, I I can't even say open shows. It was just they were in the pro shows, mm-hmm. and they always did very well. And um, but yeah, Lee had you know he was freakish because he was only. You were only 22 when you finally got your pro card, I believe, right? 20. 20? 20.
1: Okay. Yeah, so. I, was 20 at, I was 20 at Niagara Falls, yeah.
2: Okay. So, yeah, I mean, for somebody that young to, to have a physique that was already that well developed, and, you know, he already had the, the what we call muscle maturity, the, the striations, the splits, things that you don't usually see on people till they're in their late 20s, early 30s. So, you know, I knew he was going to be, he was going to be
0: very, very good as a pro right, right away. Yeah. He was. Yeah. Yeah. Would you make of his uh, steroid claims early on? Like, what went through your head when you when you heard him talking about 500 milligrams of sus and, and nothing else, and and doing a show on just Windstraw and beating you know Flex Wheeler and stuff like that?
2: Um, did when when did you talk about that, Lee? Was it like later, like many years later, or was it at the time? Uh,
1: well- I always talked about it from the beginning because I get in trouble. You know, people say, well, you don't talk about your drug use. Sponsors would say it, but I never say I'm using. I always said back then, this is what I've used. You know, I've used like past tense. And yeah. I always told the truth. And I think um we did one an interview once where we talked about my cycles and stuff. And then people yeah. still go, oh, he's got to be taken more than that. And that's the whole thing. My whole life, I was telling Dave earlier that. From a young age, I was always told just be yourself. You know, if people like you, they like you, they don't. Don't be yourself and never lie. The few yeah. times I lied when I was a kid, my mum fucking belt me with the fucking belt, the <laughs> wooden spoon. So, but then it got to the point where later on in life, my mum's like, sometimes Lee, you're a little bit too truthful, just tone it back. I said, no, you belted the crap out of me to tell the <laughs> truth and now I'm going to tell the truth. So, yeah. and that's what I said. "When well, that's what I told people. If, if I ever, Used a thousand, two thousand. I would have never had a problem telling people. I'd, I'd say, look, this is what I've used. I've used this much, and that's like when I did those. Um, remember that series I did with Tom Platt? There was Ronnie Coleman, yeah. meet where they blacked their they face out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You could still, still tell it was them by their bodies. You know, <laughs> even even Ronnie's voice <laughs> with a with a, with a distortion still sounded like Ronnie so I was like and poor to that so I said to Tom I said look I've got nothing to hide just put me on as me I said I'm not going to hide my face and that's I was the only one on there that didn't distort their face or have it blurred out so I said look I'd rather I think it was when I saw a Tom Platt seminar when I was young and I remember these people they're like you ask him you ask him you know the big thing <laughs> you ask him about drugs so they asked him and Tom goes yes and he just answered it flat and they're sitting there like this They are probably going to say, no, I've never used it. And I've always believed when it came to supplements too, when people say, Lee, you're just saying that because the supplement company's paying you. I said, no. When I was with MuscleTech, I said the products were shit. I had that three-year deal with MuscleTech, and in eight months I quit the company because I said, I'm not going to tell people to spend the hard-earned money on a product that isn't good. I said, if I do that, if I say this is the best product ever, and you go buy it and it's shit, you're going to be like, I'm never going to believe Lee again. And it was the same thing with steroids. If somebody asked me about steroids, I'm not going to sit there and lie and treat people like they're stupid and say, oh, no, I've never touched them, blah, blah, blah. i say, yeah, I have, this is what I've used. And I'd rather tell people, look, this is what I've used, but you still got to have genetics and train hard and, you know, year after year, it's all about consistency. But I'd tell people now when I hear these young kids taking these large amounts, like, come off it all, get clean for six months and go back on, but use only a quarter of it, I guarantee... If you train hard, eat, and the rest, you'll make the same gains on a quarter of the amount you are taking. now I said, you don't need that large amount. But yet they go online, read these ridiculous cycles. This is what the pros do. I had a guy come to me once in Venice. He goes, I know what Dorian Yates has taken. I'm like, really? How do you know that? My mate was in England, and he went through his garbage and found this cycle. I'm like, what the fuck?
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> no, Jeff, to, to answer the question, though, so I got my start in this industry in 1991, working for uh, this guy Losewick, He had a production company, American Sports Network, and he had a monthly TV show on ESPN, which we'll never see a bodybuilding on ESPN ever again, called yeah. American Muscle. So from very early on, I was exposed to all the top pros, and I got an understanding very, very quickly that the pros genetically are very, very different from regular human beings. They're almost like another species. Like the DCU, they call them metahumans, right, Lee?
3: Mm-hmm, yeah. exactly. They're,
2: they're so different that... It, they don't need a lot of steroids because you could feed. And I saw in the gym around me, I saw reg, people with regular genetics load up on all kinds of drugs. And I knew exactly what everyone because mm-hmm. I knew the dealers. I knew what everybody was buying and using. And I knew people that were using large amounts of GH, large amounts of steroids, and they just got bloated and zitty, and they yeah. look like big. They look like shit. They didn't look like anything special. And then I'd see the few people with the great genetics. And they, you know, they responded so well to moderate amounts. There was no need for them to abuse large amounts. And, it, and like, you know, I'm, not, I'm sure and some it, some of them did, but.
1: And it's funny you say that about those ones. I see in Gold's Gym too, the ones that don't really have the good genetics, but they just take so much shit. When you talk to them and they'll tell you what they're taking and you're like, wow, and that's how you look. They're like, yeah, but you pros take more. That's why you look bigger. I'm like, no, we don't. I said, you're taking more than the pros. They're like, oh, bullshit. How could that be? It's like in their mind, they just can't get it. They're thinking, if I take five thousand milligrams and I look like this, and that pro looks like that, he's got to be on ten. That's like yeah. that's, that's not that's nothing like that. But
2: you know what? It, it, it comes down to nobody. Nobody wants to dream shattered. Nobody wants to to know in their heart I can never mm-hmm. look like Lee Priest. They want to think, well, if I just found the right combination of drugs, or if I use the right amounts of those drugs, I could look like that too. They don't want to believe that genetically. Most people just can't ever look like the, the mm-hmm. way the pros look. It's not possible. They don't right. have that secret sauce in the, of the DNA. It's a yeah. rare thing. It's mm-hmm. like, why? You know, look at all the kids that play basketball mm-hmm. in America. How I many of them are going to be <laughs> in the? How many of them are going to be in the NBA? Out mm-hmm. of all the kids that play basketball, what percentage? 0.000000, yeah. You know, a, a thousand O's and a one. Right. But it's not because. These kids, the people in the NBA, they worked hard and they had, you know, they had good coaching whatever, but they were also born to be six foot eight and they had a certain company, limb lengths and ligaments and reflexes, mm-hmm. something special, a special, a special storm happened in the womb to make these people, Absolutely. give them the potential to be that way. And like I said, bodybuilding is the most, it's full of the most delusion. It's the only sport where <laughs> most of the fans also want to be the people that they follow. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you, watch football.
3: Said,
2: you uh-huh. watch football all day and, and not care that you're not on that field no. under the lights. But by the right. fans I've, I've in always, the audience, they want to be that guy.
1: I've always yeah. said that. It's, I said the same thing because it's like I got friends that play basketball for fun on weekends or golf or they might play tennis. They do it for fun. They enjoy it. But they're not saying as they're playing tennis next year, I'm going to fucking beat beat Nadal or, well, you know, they're going to do this. It's like they just do it for fun. But like you said. Everyone that goes into the gym for some reason thinks if they take a bit of gear, they're going to be Mr. Olympia and beat his freak. It's like you said, they get illusion like, I can go to the gym and train this way and I'm going to get massive. But sadly, they don't. And, I, and I've seen so many people. I've seen people not even, like, give up their jobs and give up a career, a good-paying job, I'm going to become a pro. Ten years later, they're still abusing the drugs. They're broke. They've got no job. It's like, oh. hey, how about you just train for fun? I've always said, if you eat right, train right get the nutrition in and you're consistent before you even touch a drug. You'll, you'll know that you're meant to be a bodybuilder. Your, your body will just grow and you'll have the genetics to be a bodybuilder. I'm sure it's like the same with other sports. These basketballers, golfers, sprinters like Usain Bolt. I'm sure when he was young and naturally running, someone said, man, this guy's going to be a champion sprinter. You just know as they're coming up, it's like, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. That's what I tell people. You don't have to sit around going, I'm going to be pro. I'm going to be pro. I'm going to be pro. Trust me. If you train right and do everything right, you'll be pro. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Usain Bolt reference. I, I, I have something I usually
2: compare that to with bodybuilding is in drugs. Usain Bolt is such a fast runner. Mm-hmm. You could put him barefoot on a track next to you. You know, some average guy that runs, he thinks he's fast. You give him $400 running sneak, some of the greatest running shoes in the, that were ever developed. Uh-huh. Usain is still going to blow past him like he's standing still because right. Usain uh-huh. is genetically predisposed to being like a human cheetah.
0: Yeah. Uh-huh. It's
2: <laughs> exactly. specific
0: to muscle too. It's weird because Ron, you were talking about sports and basketball and People don't think that I mean LeBron James is 6'8 250, he can run a 43, he's impervious to injuries, he's not he's in his mid 30s now, which is old for the NBA, still the best player in the league, but people don't think like, oh he must have a secret. They right. just think he's a freak because right. he's a freak. But when someone has muscle, like if if all those things that I just said about LeBron James, if that's possible, then how why is not it possible for someone to be 5'9 250 with abs? Yeah. Well, on a, you know, it's it's just it's with the sports, people don't—they just accept that they're freaks. With the NFL and the NBA and the NHL and the MLB, they accept that Bo Jackson's a freak. They don't think that, oh, well, if I was on the steroids, Bo was on, I would run a four-one. <laughs> and but when they see Lee, they're like, oh, steroid freak. It's—it's right. it's just like a connotation that sticks that is that sticks so I so firmly.
1: They, I wish I had the article. It was Sports Illustrated. It would have been mid-nineties. I think MD might have even published it. It was a big list on like steroids used in most sports, you know, like st- most common sports that use steroids and yeah. number one was soccer players. Bodybuilding really? Bodybuilding was eighth on the list. I think <laughs> college college kids just to look good was number four. But when you look at a soccer player, you don't think he's on steroids because they're not muscular, but yet they just used it more for recovery stamina because, you know, soccer players are just full on running all over the field for like the whole time they're out there. So yeah, but I mean, soccer players was number one, but yet you'd never think that in your life that a soccer player was number one on the list of steroid use. So yeah. I've had this argument with like football fans because they say, well,
2: the guys in the NFL, they're drug tested. They're not on steroids. Like, Are you <laughs> out of your fucking mind? Yeah. You've got a 300, 320 pound guy that can run like a frigging gazelle uh-huh. and jump like, you know, and you think he's, you think
1: that's, that's natural. Yeah. Yeah. And then he te- then he tears a hamstring and two weeks later he's back out there running again. You're like, right. oh, man, that's that's like, yeah, I'd always said that when I was in America. Remember when they came down on the baseballers? Everyone's like, baseballers are drug cheats. Baseballers are drug cheats. They're like, Why are they attacking the baseballers? Why did I never go after the NFL? I was like, too much too much money involved there, I think, somehow to sweep it under the carpet. But
0: Yeah. Yeah. I feel like the NFL might be like a uh uh Ron, are you on steroids? Uh, yes or no. You know what I mean? I don't think it's necessarily uh how could they be really tested like i think the ufc tests for real they seem to keep it like cuz people pop all the time in the ufc there's very rarely like hot drug tests in the in the nfl it's usually marijuana which is like so if if it was if, the, if i feel like if it was really tested there'd be way more instances oh. of guys of guys failing drug tests than there is but there's almost
1: think, Do you think in the NFL, though, if they do drug tests, when they do catch someone, it's maybe just a bench warmer. It's never like someone going to be like one of the great players out there, you know, that's on the field 24-7 or someone. It's always going to be, who's that guy that got caught? Oh, him. It's like, who's he? To make an
0: example (laughs) of, yeah. 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 Like Ron said, there's a lot of money involved. I mean, like the Low Lance Armstrong thing, he was – the Livestrong was funding the anti-doping agency. So his tests were just like, you know (laughs) – so oh, I didn't, you know, and then,
1: oh, that's the thing. The way they raked him over to Coles too, it's like, what, out of all those cyclists, Lance is the only one taking steroids now. Come on. It's like when, um, what's his name? Was it Konseko? that did the book on in baseball? Yeah. And he mm-hmm. wrote about it. And all his teammates, oh, he's cheating, taking steroids, taking steroids. And then six months later, they all got caught taking steroids themselves. It's like, you know, people that live in glass homes shouldn't throw stones. It's like, yeah. just sh- just shut up. <laughs> right, right. Ron, do you know, do you have any, you, I
0: mean, you're an insider insider and you have, you said you knew like back in the day, you're in the gym, you knew, you know, where it was coming from. You knew who was taking what, yeah. uh, do you know of any other examples, uh, where guys were, you kind of knew what they were doing and it was just like a dusting of stuff and they were just exploding on a dusting. Are there any, I mean, outside of Lee,
2: I mean, I I didn't train with a bunch of pros. I trained out in Pasadena. We didn't we didn't have a lot of pros out there. They were all out in Venice. Hey, you had you
1: had Lonnie Tepper out there. What are you talking yeah, about? That's true. We had Lonnie <laughs> Tepper.
2: But even in What's that even in that gym, we did have a lot of competitors. And there was only there was only two guys in the. Everyone got their drugs from the same two guys at the gym. Yeah. And a lot of times we would go in on big buys together, whatever. Right. Uh, I didn't start. I started using in '97. But uh, up until then, I was like, I paid no attention to what anybody was using because I didn't care. Right. And I was very, I was very naive and I, it didn't, it just didn't matter to me. But um, I would see the people, I would see how people responded to different people. And I knew he just bought two bottles of Deca and two bottles of Test, just like mm-hmm. that guy. So they must be using relatively the same amounts or whatever, and the same drugs from the same, from the same source. And yeah. one guy would get, you know, big and round and vascular and the other guy would just get red and zitty and start losing his hair and, you know, just look like a bloated sack of shit. Right. So, you know, it, it always, it was always very clear to me that most people don't respond extreme, extremely well. That's a whole other level of genetics. I think they've actually figured out why, how it works, the mechanics of it biologically, chemically, whatever. But yeah, you know, some people respond extraordinarily well to steroids and most people are just average. And then there are other people that they just get the side effects.
0: Yeah. Nothing, they don't get any muscle. They just get bloated and acne and hair yes. loss, gyno. Yeah. So, sometimes people tell you, like, I work I, – I run a nutrition store and people will come in and tell me what they're taking. And I'm like, how could you be taking that? It's like you need – something is wrong, you know. They, they, <laughs> you're on this and this and this and trend and all this stuff. And it's like you don't even look like you – work out really it's it's crazy the phrase crazy. i
2: always used to say was what a waste of perfectly good drugs
0: yeah right look <laughs> at those the lee who do something so, with them somebody else could have done so much more <laughs> yeah yeah so ron you mentioned uh starting on that on that what was the show called on espn american um, muscle american,
2: american
0: muscle american muscle magazine right right the title changed at various times and that's how you got that's how you started like what were you doing
2: on that show I was the, uh, I was one of the associate producers, so I would go out and film segments. So I'd meet a cameraman at a gym or whatever. We'd shoot, like, Lee Priest's arm workout or Paul Dillette's shoulder right.
1: workout. You were, there, you were there when we did that good workout with me, Frank Zane, and Sean Ray.
2: That's right. No, 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 no. That was uh, – wasn't that the flex workout?
1: Oh, was that flex one, was it?
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, we had – geez, there was, like, four or five workout shows on TV at that time. Oh, oh yeah, wow. Boy. Yeah. Body shaping, uh, the flex yeah. workout – Lee Haney had his own show back then. Yeah, yeah, bodybuilding yeah. was was all over TV hmm. back in the old day, back in the nineties. Man, how did you? When did the writing begin? Well, uh, let's see. So, I had to. It, it was actually it actually did connect with Lonnie Teeper. So it was um, going into the ninety two. We were doing. I went to the Iron Man headquarters to film a preview. Lonnie Teeper was doing of the ninety two Iron Man Pro Invitational, and um. So I walked in there and we did we, we did some got some footage of the off the Ironman offices and cool things they had, like old magazines and pictures. And I met John Balick and I met Steve Holman. Uh, so John was the owner and uh, Holman was the editor in chief. And uh, I just said, I'm curious, Steve, uh, how how would how would how would one go about writing for your magazine? He goes, well, write something and submit it to me. And I'll, if I, if we like it, we'll publish it. And in those days it was fax machines. There was no there was no internet yet. <laughs> yeah. So I wrote wrote something, typed it up, faxed it to him. And he goes, Yeah, this is we'll we'll run this. And that was the first thing I had published was uh was April '92 issue of Iron Man with Milo Sarshev on the cover. Awesome. And um, I was in Iron, I was writing for Iron Man pretty much every month from then on. And then I started inquiring around. I met somebody from Muscle Mag. I said, Could I submit to you guys? And they said, sure. So I started writing for Muscle Mag. You know, the late Bob Kennedy and Gina Edwards, I, I can't say enough good things about mm-hmm. them. They were, they were so good to me. Yeah, a, Robert was a great guy, yeah. Yeah, they gave me a lot of work, a lot of freelance work, mm-hmm. and um, they had other magazines. They had a men's fitness magazine I did a lot with, and I wrote for, like, Planet... I wrote for a Muscle Media 2000, because Bill Phillips reached out to me and asked if I'd like to do mm-hmm. some work. I'm like, hell yeah, of course I would. And, uh, geez, of Planet Muscle, Jeff Everson's old magazine, so... Uh, I didn't make it a full-time thing until the year two thousand. So from ninety it took me from ninety two to two thousand to have enough steady writing work that I could pay bills with it and not have to do anything else.
0: How much writing was that? Like, how much writing were you doing a month? At your uh, peak? Uh,
2: at my peak, probably like twenty articles a month, thirty articles a month. <laughs> Damn,
0: thirty it's articles almost, a month.
2: Like an article a day. yeah I did that. I, I that. kept up that pace with with MD for a long time cause. We had athlete, we had so many athlete columns. At one time, I think we had 20 athlete columns in in every issue because yeah. the magazine was like freaking four. 2007, features. 2006. Yeah. So I would do like 20 columns a month and maybe two, probably like three features. Wow. And I would still and at that time I was still doing outside work for Iron Man and Muscle Mag a little bit too. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Those are good. I old, remember, that. Great I remember that. I remember that. I remember reading your articles in MD and then seeing your articles elsewhere as well being like this, Ron Harris guys everywhere. You don't, you don't
2: even know half the stuff. Cause I had like with Kennedy's magazines, I had to come up with a bunch of pen names. Cause like <laughs> they got sick of seeing my name so much. It's like, why don't give us a couple <laughs> more names. And so there would be like 10 articles in muscle mag or, or American health and fitness from me a month, but only three would say Ron Harris. The other would say, I don't even remember the names, but yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. that way. That was back in the good days where Steve Nice would be lurking around putting articles in
2: there. <laughs> oh man, I, I, the '90s. It wasn't just that the physiques; it was just the whole, the whole atmosphere, the whole aura around bodybuilding. You know, I was, mm-hmm. I'm so grateful that I was in. I lived in LA from '91 to 2000, and I, that, I caught the tail end of like the golden era. I don't think Venice. After that, Venice oh, people started okay. moving, uh, well, moving well,
1: like away. Like you said, mm-hmm. I think Venice too. Oh, Cats pulling stuff off the shelf. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Back then, it was like you said, you'd have Artie Zeller, Jerry Frederick, Saloni Teeper, yourself. There'd be Steve Neese. There were so many different characters from magazines in the gyms. They'd go from World to Golds around the powerhouse on Main Street, getting all these shots and articles and gossip column stuff. It used to be great times back then, like you said, because the magazines were around. You're always getting these different articles and what was going on, what's the latest happenings in the gyms and stuff like that. So...
3: And
2: Venice
1: really, it was the Mecca back then because Mm -hmm. there was no internet,
2: there was no social media. So if you wanted to be seen or be seen, if you wanted to be part of that culture, you had to make your way to Los Angeles, whether you live in Ohio or Germany or China or whatever, you eventually had to get out there and so venice you'd see in golds all these people you know mr china mr germany the european champion they were all there was always all kinds of people visiting from out of town or out of country staying at the marina pacific hotel oh yeah the firehouse, <laughs> walking down the boardwalk it was uh, and you know what lee knows lee will lee will second this i miss world gym venice joe oh, gold's yeah.
1: gym that was uh-huh. the greatest gym man oh just talk- i was just talking about that today with dave the the one on Abbott Kenny I think was the best. Where he moved it to the Sizzlers was good, but the Abbott Kenny one when you'd get there early in the morning and
0: uh-huh. you'd have
1: Arnold there, everyone was there. If Joe wasn't there later in the day, you had Zabo behind the counter sleeping with the phone off the hook and Joe coming in, <laughs> getting mad at him and stuff uh-huh. like that. But, but it it was, it was like a cathedral because Joe didn't allow no. there was
2: no sound no. system. Uh-uh. He didn't allow any music. He would kick people out if they dropped weights. Oh yeah. So it was all you could hear was like little clanking and breathing. And you know the ceiling. It had these high, these really high ceilings with skylights and wood beams, and a lot of equipment that Joe had built himself. Yeah. And all Joe's old friends, you know, all the old bodybuilders from the like mm-hmm. '40s, '50s, and '60s, they were always hanging around. Yeah. You know, it was it was really like being in a in a museum almost.
1: That's why I used to love being there because all you do is sit in the office and hear stories from Arnold and Joe and Zabo, Eddie Giuliani. And I said, all you hear was laughter. So he coming out of the office was laughter half the time. Or if someone did drop a weight, all you heard was Joe's voice. Hey, I mean, it would echo through the place. And I seen Joe throw tourists out. He'd come out in his wheelchair, throw the money at him. Get the fuck out. It's like, you know, if you dropped his weights and stuff, that was it. You're out of there. So, but you can't beat, like you said, gold was good, but, you had know, the music and people. So there's like, something, as you said, World just had that atmosphere. And in the morning, if you're out there on the deck, the smell of the ocean air and just the sun coming up, you couldn't beat it, you know, at World Gym in the morning. The very first time
2: I met Joe Gold uh, was when I walked in there in summer of 88. I was too chicken shit. I lived there that summer and then I went back to Boston. But anyway, I was too chicken shit to actually go inside and work out at Gold's or World. But I wanted one of those World Gym tank tops with a gorilla that said uh-huh. World Gym Venice. So I went in there and, Scared shitless, and I went up to the counter, and Joe was there. I said, "Could I get one of those, the gray one with the the pink lettering?" He's like, "What size?" I said, <laughs> "I said small." He goes, "Small's for midgets." He threw a medium. He goes, "Here's a medium, fifteen dollars." <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Nice. Um, d- Dave told me he just spoke to Romano today, and they did, were talking about that. And he goes. Romano was saying, Lee Priest was the only one Joe Gold gave free t shirts to. Everyone else had to pay. I said, I had a stack of t shirts. Joe was always giving me these t shirts and stuff because I got on good with Joe. I'd help him out, you know, go to the grocery store with him. If he had to travel on the plane, I'd go with him. And when he passed away, he left me his dogs and stuff. And mm-hmm. yeah, but some of the stuff would get up there. I was telling the story once where I was out on the outside deck train because, yeah, he said, Joe made all his equipment. He, he had a few bits and pieces that he brought, but everything was pretty much he made. I remember I was on the outdoor deck, and he slides that window open. He's like, hey, fat boy, because you always called me fat boy, even if I was in shape. Hey, fat boy, get over here. I'm like, okay, what is it? So I go into the office. I didn't know, but there was this salesman there, and he had this calf equipment. It was just like a handle, like you hold this way, and the thing went down on the bottom. It just had like a rounded step that you'd put your calves on and just stretch them. Yeah. He's like, fat boy, get on that. I said, okay. I said, what's it for? He goes, your calves. So I'm on it, and I'm going up and down. He goes, what do you think of that fat boy? Would you use it? I'm like, probably not. He turns straight to this guy and goes, get your fucking piece of shit and get out of here. Huh. <laughs> I was like, this guy was trying to sell it to Joe. So Joe asked me to come try it out. When I said I a it, he says to the guy, take your fucking piece of shit and get out. Yeah, <laughs> that, that equipment that he built, he must have,
2: I think he built it all like in the late 60s. Yeah. And you see it in the movie Pumping Iron. You yeah. see it in the pictures in the book. And I don't know if it's still there, but I remember I trained in, I trained in Gold's Venice for a, a while and they, they still, for some reason, that's where a lot of that stuff ended up, mm-hmm. not at World Gym. And I, I recognized the pieces from the movie yeah. Pumping Iron. And mm-hmm. it was still being used, you know, at that time it would have been like uh, 25 years after the fact, yeah. 30 years and
1: it's like I, It's uh, like I told people too, for it to be outside on the deck, a lot of it was outside even. For mm-hmm. it to be outside in that ocean breeze air and stuff, in the rain or whatever, it was the smoothest equipment you would ever use. It wasn't rusted, it wasn't whatever it was just like the greatest equipment ever and i think joe had all the angles too because when he made my dumbbells out of inglewood where he had his workshop i'd go out there and he made these solid dumbbells from like 150 to 200 and you know dumbbells these days you got a 200 pound dumbbell it's like this high you can't even press it but he made them so compact he made i'd have to go out there once or twice a week just to get the hand grip the right width and the thickness and stuff and Oh, he put a lot of time into all the equipment he made. I think that's why if anyone abused the equipment, it was like, hey, it's like you're hurting his children if you if you slam the weights down and stuff. So, yeah. It was a cool deal. They, oh, they were good times back then. It's like some of the stories you would hear and that, but always, Eddie Giuliani was just as funny when him and Arnold were in the gym in the morning or I used to train with Roland Kickinger and Arnold would be putting shit on me and Roland. He's like, hey, Roland, why – why does the shorter guy always want to train with the taller guy? I'd yell back at Arnold. Yeah, but why is the shorter guy always stronger? He's like, oh, very, very funny. It's like <laughs> – I remember the time I was, getting, I was getting ready for the 97 Olympia and I was doing leg extensions because I had those two leg extensions, just need a squat rack. I was on one, Arnold was on one, and Eddie was waiting there and I was just getting into it. Ira, that it used to train – Lou was training me and he's like, Lee, why are you going so hard? It's like Arnold's asking me and – him and eddie are stand there i said you know what you're right i said when i get to your uh, when i get to your age like you two i said i'm gonna look like shit anyway so what's the point i like what (laughs) (laughs)
0: Lee talking shit to arnold nice
1: (laughs) i've always done fun like that's like when i did um when he did that encyclopedia of bodybuilding when he redid it and i was in the gym there doing those photos for it with him and It was so funny because I'm doing the exercise. He's like, Lee, this is one of my favorite, this tricep exercise. Do that one. Do this one. I'd be just about to do it. And I was like, stop, stop. I was sweating. I was saying, so Arnold comes over and he wipes the sweat off me. Okay, carry on. I start training. Stop, stop. Arnold comes over, gets a bit of oil. I said to the photographer, I said, fuck the training shots. I said, every time Arnold wipes my sweat off or puts oil on me, I said, get photos of that. That's what I want. I want photos of Arnold dabbing my sweat off.
0: Yeah yeah that's yeah. awesome um do you have any uh specific stories ron uh, like lee stories that you remember maybe coming up or the things that happened or things that you saw that maybe <laughs> you haven't you haven't uh talked about too much
1: it might be easy to ask ron ron when was lee never in trouble
0: <laughs> <laughs> i don't know he was always like
2: uh you know, he dated a lot of a lot of hot fitness girls, so that's that's trouble right there. Yeah. No, I mean,
1: I learned my lesson there.
2: <laughs> but, uh,
1: no. You think I'm you think I'm crazy? Date a fitness girl? <laughs> yeah.
2: I, I didn't have a whole lot of interaction with Lee out there because he was with Weeder and everything. We didn't, uh, you know, I remember we shot a couple workouts here and there, but no, uh, yeah, not as much as I would have liked to.
0: Right, right.
2: I do have a lot of stories, it's just not about Lee. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Um Hey, what's going on, guys? Thanks for watching another podcast here at Think Big Bodybuilding Media, and thank you to our great sponsor, truenutrition.com, for making this all possible. Truenutrition.com is owned by Dante Trudell, the creator of DC Training. He wanted to create a supplement company that offered high-quality third-party tested supplements at a fair price. High-quality protein powders, just about every type you could think of. Huge variety of flavors, plus health and performance supplements. Check them out, truenutrition.com. And hey, if you use our code, advices, you directly support our podcasting. Thanks, guys. Let's get back to the program. How about currently? Do you have any? Uh, you're, you're a big time insider. Do you have any uh, inside stuff right now on Phil or Rami or anything that you can? Anything that you can say that maybe is is not quite out there yet? Anything you've heard about Phils? Do uh, you have any idea what Phil looks like? I haven't seen anything. Now he hasn't put out any pictures or videos, and I don't think he
2: will. Maybe maybe yeah. like a week out he will. He's he's gonna he's gonna keep things under wraps. I'm sure is. As for Rami. I I am just guessing. I think Rami's gonna ask for a special invite to the mm-hmm. Olympia, and I he'll get it. Yeah. You know, that, that special invite thing, they can do whatever they want. It's there's no there uh-huh. are no rules about it. They right. Could, they could invite three or four people if they really wanted to. Yeah.
1: Like, and I think exactly. I think the, I think this year so to off. I think this year too just due to covid and trying to make the olympia a bit more spectacular yeah. I think they I think yeah people are saying they shouldn't people say they should but I think just to you know get the interest because he's got so many fiends and like you said a lot of people can't get there I think they'd be silly not to this year okay if it was a open olympia and all the crowd could get there and it would be sold out but I think this year just to get the numbers in get more people watching get the excitement up I think they'll probably throw him in so
2: yeah, I'm very, very upset that Flex Lewis pulled out. Very
1: upset. Uh, yeah. I, know. I was hoping. Same. I wanted to see him. I wanted to see him in great condition, fuller up there, and yeah, <laughs> yeah, that I was think, a bummer. I think he would have been top three. I
2: really I think he
1: would I, have easily, well. I, always, I said top three, and if the other two slipped, I I could easily see him winning it because he's got that 3D freaky look, and he's just, I said he's not really lagging any body parts, and if one of the others, like if Phil slipped up or Brandon or someone slipped up, and but actually Brandon's looking pretty good in some of those photos he's been putting up so if he can keep that fullness and thickness to him it's going to be a good show so yeah
0: yeah have you heard anything about flex ron anything as he has he put anything out no he just the... did
1: that he
2: did that initial uh, announcement on instagram on was it friday or saturday i think it was friday yeah and he mm-hmm. hasn't followed up to say if it's an injury i'm guessing it's my my feeling is it's something like a Something that was going on maybe with a shoulder, something that he was, like, training around and through the pain. Right, He was probably going to destroy the shoulder permanently if he kept going and trained for the Olympia. That's my guess.
0: Yeah, Yeah, because he said he he was thinking about, like, toughing it out, but then he decided not to. So it couldn't be anything too devastating, you know. I mean, who knows, but it it sounds like it was something that he could have kept pushing if he wanted to. Yeah, so I'll, I'll
1: admit, I'll admit it was my fault. I've been messaging, him telling him I got a special invite and I was coming to do the open, and <laughs> I sort of scared him off. Okay, I'll admit it. I'm not doing it, Flex. It's okay.
0: You've got him all nervous, <laughs>
1: Lee. Yeah. When was your last show, Lee? When was the last time you competed? And my last show was the when I won the NABA Overall Universe in 2013. Oh wow! But my last my last IFBB show was 2006, and then I took seven years off, and then won the Universe. Yeah. And then I was going to compete in the Worlds in 15, and that's when I had the car accident. And since then, it's been a downward spiral. <laughs> I
2: no, I know. What, what's, what's, you, have a, you have a serious neck injury,
1: right? Uh, crushed nerve, yes. Yeah, so pretty much this tricep here and chest here is atrophied a bit, and so is the back. So I've only got half the strength here. So hmm. five and a half years of doctors, lawyers, and I thought the medical was over. And now they send me a thing next monday i got to go see another doctor on the defendant side that's like yeah that's like just measure it look it's just you can see i'm at it even like they come up with well you're still training i said yeah i'm training but how i train now is nothing like i used to train Mm -hmm. and i said and even if i can lift weights you got to understand i'm not judged on what i lift i'm judged on how i look if Mm -hmm. i've still got a 21 inch arm here and a 17 and a half inch arm over here, and you got a full chest here, and half the chest here is missing, and half your deltoids missing here. I said, You can't go on stage looking like that unless I can come up with some new category where I can stand side on and be a bodybuilder. Then all of a sudden, men's physique, bodybuilder, men's physique. <laughs> you know, those yeah. men used to do men would be half happen. men, you know, men would get dressed up as half men, half women, and just turn.
0: I could do that, yeah, you could do <laughs> that. You can do the nineteen eighty the nineteen eighty Arnold and just refuse to hit most poses. (laughs) Cool that one. What what happened there? Who who wouldn't hit poses? Uh, that that's the story. Apparently, in nineteen eighty, when Arnold won the Olympia, he he would refuse to hit certain like back poses and stuff like that during the judging. Yeah, you You actually watch. um, You haven't heard that. no, so he stood there, and everyone else would hit the pose. So, like when I he think, would do, I think there was certain poses that Arno was vulnerable in. Obviously, and then yeah. he had the big front double, and he had the side chest, and that like the the judges would call a side try, and he would like instead of doing the side try, he would do he would like throw a front double or something. Like it uh-huh. was a it was he, he was just specifically doing the shots he looked good in.
1: I think when they asked for a side try on one of them, he did that one where he puts his arms, yeah, like yeah. this even. But you can actually watch it if you can if you can find the copy. It's called the Comeback. Have you seen yeah, it? I've never it's watched it. I've seen i bits a, a, and pieces. Yeah, Platts looks great on there and stuff like that. You know, Platts training legs yeah. and stuff on there, but it's not a, it's not a bad movie to come back if you get to watch it. But the only thing is, even the guy that filmed it here in Australia, he's even talking about the very end of it when they announce Arnold the winner. Everyone was booing like crazy, so they had to dub. They dubbed <laughs> us. Yeah. Over the top, yeah. Oh, my well, they said God. they said Weeder Weeder wouldn't even come out and give him the award. Wow, because yeah. the crowd was just that. <laughs> That's when him yeah. and Menser Menser almost got into it backstage. And, yep, yeah,
2: so I've never seen a picture of Arnold hitting a side
0: tricep that I, I, I can't recall ever seeing one. Yeah, um, like, yeah, it's and yeah. even uh, like abs and thigh is rare too, yeah yeah mm. um, i think
1: i think he's like i said his tricep was more doing his arm just down like this where it became more of a push the chest over and arm out but never uh, a proper side tricep i can't think of
0: yeah. yeah he said on um years ago on pro bodybuilding weekly they had arnold on i remember him saying that year backstage he had realized he had made a mistake and he shouldn't be there and he was very very nervous and everything yeah he said mm. Once he saw the other guys and like the comparisons were happening, and somebody told him that like you're not, you're not for you're not in first, you know, or you're you're you know you're getting outclassed out there, and he said that he was like, he was like I'm such an idiot for being here and stuff like that. Yeah, he was he was pretty shaken at that show. Apparently, this is an interview from you know back in the pro bodybuilding weekly heydays. Wow, or probably oh. pro bodybuilding world with you know Dan and Bob.
1: Well, he wasn't even—he wasn't even really training but it, was he? Wasn't he getting ready for Conan at the time, or one of those yeah, yeah, movies? And he's like, "Okay, well, because I'm dieting for a movie, I may as well go give the contest a go." So, yeah,
2: I—I I guess he was somewhere around two twenty at that show, maybe. At six yeah. foot,
1: you know. Now you got guys <laughs> like five,
2: five
0: two, two twenty. <laughs> right. True right. Story. Yeah, one of the topics going on right now—we touched on it briefly with Flex—is like people are talking about like pros pros pulling out and are they are they pushing it too hard and stuff like that what do you think what do you take what do you make of that ron do you think that you think the sports gotten to a place where it's like kind of we we need to pump the brakes a little bit or do you think it's or do you think because some people think it's going the other direction some people think it's becoming a little more health conscious and safe but then there's a lot of people who think that it's like people are just pounding it away and what do you think?
2: No, I, I don't think it's getting any safer. And you can't put the genie back in the bottle. Mm-hmm. And I don't think most of these guys want to be using the amounts they're using. Right. But they're trying to keep up with if they hear this guy's using two grams of test and two grams of trend and 10, I use a GH day. They're like, well, shit, I better I better use that much, too, or else I'm going to yeah. get left behind. I'm going to get my ass kicked. And, um, you know, I, I, I blame I blame the coaches, the gurus for a lot of this too, because they're the ones who are writing out the protocols for these guys. Yeah. And I, I just, I find it hard to believe that anyone needs those amounts. Even a, a guy who's competing at 250, 270 pounds. I don't think he needs, you know, 10, 6, 8, 10 grams of steroids a week. And 15 <laughs> IUs of growth. It's ridiculous. But yeah. no, is it going to get better? No, I think that's why when Classic Physique was created... I think that was, that was a chance for it to get a healthier look and a, less of a drug look, if you will. Yeah. And those guys, they look, they look fantastic. You know, They're not bloated. They, they're
1: not out of breath. They, don't, they look athletic, most of them. Right. Do, you find, do you find, too, that I find, or just me, or we're looking at it sometimes now, too, that everything, because we live in this instant society, we've got to have it now, we've got to have it now. It's like young kids when they get their pro card or whatever, they want to go from being this, but then they want to be this freak within a year or two rather than before. Yes, we used a bit of gear before, but you look over the years, Kevin Nasser, it was like a gradual process, you know, but be over like six or seven years, you'd see him getting bigger and bigger. Now you'll see a guy now get his pro card and a year and a half later, he's like this. But then sadly, three years later, they're gone or they've either died sadly or their organs have packed it in The medical reasons they've got to stop. There's like – back then it's like yes we used gear and stuff we knew what it was you tried to do it as safely as you could but there was still this longevity involved when you see like sean ray he had good longevity when you see dexter jackson and a lot of these other guys that you know even ronnie with his injuries if ronnie didn't have those injuries he'd still be training just as hard now you had these guys have his longevity but now you see these younger guys it's almost like when you see something like remember the old singers in the band rod stewart and all these? they'd start off in a little pub that would work their way up and become a singer and they're still around. Now you get American Idol or The Voice, someone goes bam onto the scene, they get one or two hits, two years later they're gone. And it seems like in bodybuilding now that's happening, these be- people want to be so big, so quick, they don't want to put the years and years and years of foundation work and effort into it that they do come out really big, they hit the scene big, and then two or a couple of years later, boom, they're gone due to organ failure or they just can't keep up that demand on the body and doing that sort of thing so yeah it's it's the
2: culture now is so much more instant gratification uh-huh. you know I, i'm 51 so i can talk about days when you had to write letters i had a pen pal in great britain uh-huh. when i was like nine years old it took me like two years to have a conversation with this person this uh-huh. other girl uh you know movies would come out in the theater and then if you had to wait like a year for them to come out on tv uh-huh. with all the good parts cut out and commercials and all that there were no this is before the vcrs That was like the only way you either saw a movie in the theater or if it was gone, you missed it until Mm -hmm. maybe it would come on TV. So, you know, kids now, these, these kids, (laughs) they they don't, they're not used to waiting for anything. So I've had conversations with them and they, they ask me about the first thing they ask about is drugs and they, they haven't even started training yet. They say, well, how long is it going to take me to, to look like that or get my pro card? I'm like, uh, you know, five, <laughs> 10 years, it'll take you probably like five or 10 years to get that physique. Like, uh-huh. No, 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 that's too long. No, no, mm-hmm. uh-huh. I want to do it in one year.
0: Yeah. I know. Right. Yeah. I know people, I have people, I have kids say like, I want to put an inch on my arms. And I'm like, well, the last inch I put on my arms took me 10 years.
3: Mm.
0: It's like you go, if you have a, if you have a, like if Lee, if you have a 20 inch arm and it's, you're going to make it 21, you you're, you're in for the long haul. You know, mm-hmm. unless you get fat or whatever, you know, like yeah. a, a true inch on your arm. Like people just think it's going to be like, you know, or want to be X amount of weight or whatever. It's like oh, yeah. they they don't, you see someone like who's in shape or who has a little bit of muscle and they don't realize that like that person may have been pounding away for years and years and years to look like that. It's not like they have any, they don't have any secret. And they, you, re- and
1: they don't realize too when they say, I want to put on, they always pick a weird number. I want to put on five kilos of muscle, say like 10 pound, but Today, they realize if you were to lay out five kilos of chicken breast, just lean meat, that's a lot of muscle to put over your body, but yet they think they can do it every year after. you said, so look, even if you were to put on one kilo, two pounds of muscle, look at one kilo of just lean meat. That's a fair bit of muscle, and depending on your frame, a shorter person, like someone like me, one or two kilos a year, that's a big noticeable difference. So normally when I first – at the Niagara Falls, I think I was like 181 pounds. I don't know if yeah. that is in kilos. Yeah. And then I think the following show I did – a year later, I was about one eighty nine. So I was sort of always. Then the next year, I was like around the one ninety five ish. So each year, I was always going up little by little. Whereas now, they want to go from this to I uh, compete at two hundred next show two sixty. I'm like, yeah, but you know, what cost? What cost is that on your body to do that type of thing? And it's weird because back in the day too, when you'd see pros, you would see a lot of younger pros: DeMayo, Shane Demora, myself. There were so many guys who were good, but they're in their early twenties, but yet they still looked healthy. They looked vibrant they look like they were 20 i'm seeing some guys now who are in their mid-20s and they look like they're 40 odd they look like they're old and like they look like they're almost washed up at the end of their careers they don't look that young vibrant they almost look like i wouldn't say toxic looking but they just look like you know you can see someone that's young and vibrant they look healthy like wow he looks healthy and now you see some of these young bodybuilders and you're like he looks good but he doesn't look healthy just i don't know he just has that weird look to him and it's just like i don't know even back then when you see people like Barry DeMay, yes, you had all these guys with great physiques, but you put him in normal clothes, they look like some could have been models, Bob Paris, Barry DeMay, dress him in a nice suit, they could be a model. You know, they had good physiques. When they took the clothes off, you're like, wow. But you see these young guys today, they put clothes on stuff, you're like, oh, he just looks like this big, looking around, walking around like he's going to drop dead at any point, which is sad really because bodybuilding or any fitness can be healthy. You know, to what degree, we never know. Like Ron said before, some guys can take steroids, have no side effects. Some people can take steroids and – you know, kidneys, organs start shutting down after the first cycle. So what's a safe amount? We're never going to know. But I've always said if you are going to use them, use them. Never abuse it. It's like alcohol. You can have one or two drinks, be happy, be nice, get a little bit tipsy. You can take too much. And, you know, some people are happy drunk. Some people get violent and go beat the shit out of people. So it's like, you know, it's just the same as people's genetic makeup. But I think with <laughs> bodybuilding, they just need, to, as Ron says, before it used to be how do you train, what do you eat, this and that. First question. What should I take? How much gear? How long have you been training? Oh, two weeks. I'm like, what? I said, well, I said, how can you even, where's the foundation? I said to these young kids, don't even take gear because for the first five years, if you're young, your natural testosterone, go as far as you can. Tap out your natural system before you start adding shit to it. And like I said, these kids are 19, 20, 21, taking all these tests. They've just shut their natural testosterone level down to nothing because the body, oh, I'm getting all this test. I'll stop making it. So when they come off it at 25, they've got to go on TRT type stuff at 25, 26 years old because they've shut their system down. I remember back in the day when I was dating a few of those fitness girls, some of them back in the day when T3 was the big thing, the thyroid drugs. Oh, they would take so many. I remember Alfie Newman there. She took a lot of that. Remember, she was great in shape. But when yeah. she come off it, boom. She was like a lead priest in the off-season. It was like, it's like, you know. But the thing was they, they're taking so much, they're shutting down their natural system. So when they a lot of those girls had to keep stay on T 3 therapy and the thyroid therapy for the rest of their lives because they shut their own system down just from abuse, which is sad to see. But I remember like even back when Ron was doing the magazines earlier on, even you'd get a steroid article here and there. Okay, they come up, and then it got more prevalent, then it got more prevalent. But then when social media came out and all these more message boards. Every topic you could put up a training article, 500 views, something such steroid article, 20,000 views. It's like that's all they wanted to know about was the drugs. And I'm like, this is just getting crazy, you know, there's more to it than that. But sadly, that's all they want to focus on.
3: Yeah,
2: and and I've talked,
1: I've done a lot
2: of times, I try to talk young people out of using them. But if they're going to, if they're determined to use them anyway, I try to talk them into starting out very, very moderate. Because uh-huh. they they say, well, I want to start off on a gram of test, 800 milligrams <laughs> of Trin. I said, hold on. I said, why don't you try 400, you know, cut that, like cut that by two thirds. Then you'll know. Because if you start out high, you'll never know if a lot uh-huh. less would have been just as effective. Plus, if you start out high, where do you go from there? You're just going uh-huh. to keep going up and up and up. Yeah.
0: Uh-huh. It's going to get toxic real fast. Yeah. What do you think the solution is, Ron? You think it's just like a. I always thought the judging could be, I mean, now we have classic, of course, but I always thought the judging could be maybe a little bit less on size and, and condition and a little bit more on, like, uh, 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 I mean, it's a healthier look, I guess, as opposed to, like, not rewarding guys who look like lab experiments. Because, you know, that look where it's like, oh, man, like, we love it. At, like, you know, but like, hardcore bodybuilding fans love it. But at the same time, it's like... I think there's a, there might be a balance uh, that needs to be struck. I, I think they have
2: made good strides in that because you don't see anybody with big bubble guts and raging gyno and cyst-like acne-winning shows. You don't see ugly right. bodies. I mean, look at like Sean Roden. Ten years before that, Sean Roden would never have won the Olympia. He would have been way mm-hmm. too small. That was the Ronnie era. Yeah. Uh, even Brandon has got a much more classic shape to him and a smaller waist. Yeah, clean, you know, you don't, yeah. Nobody with a big gut is doing well in pro bodybuilding today. Right. So I think they I think they have made some good some good strides toward making it a more a less toxic look. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's like, yeah. like
1: I said, I like I like when classic coming, but I was always saying to people, I said it's a shame that we got to that point that we had to make classic because back in the day, yes, you had big guys, but when you had the Bob Paris's buried to make even Delette for his size, they still yeah. had a classic look to them, even though they were big and freaky. So it's like it just got that far out of hand. We had to make this class called Classic, which is what bodybuilding really should be to begin with. Yes, you can get freaky body parts and stuff, but, you know, uh, I said I love the freaks too, but I've always said, look, if there's freaks up there and they look freaky and they're bloated and stuff, yeah, don't give them first, but, you know, the crowd's going to love them because they're just big and freaky. They get Some of those guys have the biggest fan bases, more than the guys winning shows, but but that's the sad thing. When they start to reward these guys for a while down at the stomachs, people like, well, shit, I've got to get bigger and bigger. And sadly, look, look at Flex. I think he's best. He even said he looked to, when he weighed 218 when he won the Arnold, the no. Christmas tree. But then Ronnie comes along, Flex says I have got to play the size game. Flex goes to 230, 240-ish. He still looked fantastic, but he never had that crisp, you know, look to him. I think even when I used to see Kai a couple of times, I'm like, Kai, if you just came in dry, all that muscle mass, if you mm. just came down a little bit and had that Dorian graininess, you'd be blowing these guys out the water because – You've been to enough shows, Ron and me. We've been to shows where you'll see a guy who's not the biggest on stage, but if he comes in with the right proportions, the muscle bellies, in condition, he looks 20 pounds bigger on stage than some of these other guys. And when he walks past you in the audience, you're like, was that the same guy that was just on stage? But up there under the lighting, someone that's like 200 pounds can look 240 because he's just got that condition, the muscles around and stuff like that. So then you get the guys that go in at 260. You go in that little bit over. He just looks shittier. Whereas if you had to come in at 250, you would look 270, not 250. So it's all an illusion on stage, but they don't want to. They're always like, I'm weighing 275. It's like, who cares? It doesn't matter. On stage, it's an illusion. It's how you look.
2: (laughs) I mean, Rami is a big. Rami is a perfect example. I I honestly Uh feel if he would come in a little smaller, Uh he's so big. Uh He was 300 pounds exactly at the Arnold Classic. Uh-huh. If, he, if he was like 2 i don't know 280 i'm just throwing a number out there uh-huh. it's crazy detail and grainy dry uh-huh.
1: condition i uh-huh. don't think there's many people that could beat no. him and the thing is looking like that he'd still look 300 on stage under look the better. lighting yeah,
3: yeah. But that's
1: why i said it that's why i said about you know when hardy <clears throat> did well at the olympia because everyone up there looked great but hardy had that conditioning where your eyes just automatically kept going to him because it was something different again whereas in the 90s like a lot classic. of guys had yeah, a lot of guys had that conditioning, so you'd see it regularly. But now, when someone comes out with conditioning like that, you can't help but go, "Oh my god!" You just keep looking at them because they look so different. Yes, somebody like Phil could be bigger and stuff, but when you see this conditioning, you just keep going, "Holy shit!" Look at that conditioning on this guy. It just, it just looks incredible when you see it now.
2: Yeah, I've, right. I've had, I've heard guys preparing for the Olympia tell me, "I'm going to go for a more fullness at the Olympia." You know, I'm not going to be, I'm probably not going to be as conditioned. And I'm thinking, second call out, third call out, big, mm-hmm. big mistake. You, yeah. they want it all. They want size. They want, they want everything. Don't think you're going to come in less conditioned and do well at the Olympia or any show.
3: Yeah,
1: condition's right.
2: always going to stand out.
1: Always. I, I'd rather yeah. come in. I, there's a few shows I came in even that little bit flatter, but the conditioning was there. And then even, like I said, even if you are that little bit flatter, as long as you don't go crazy, you can fill out for the night show or the finals and still come in better. But if you're already on that borderline where you're full and then you just get fuller and fuller. We've seen so many guys. I've seen, even though I think there's a picture of Rami before one of his shows, Ron, you've seen it a million times. How many times do we used to see Dennis James and all these guys a week or two out? You're like, this guy's going to fucking win. He looks incredible. When they walk out on stage a day to show, you like, what happened? It's yeah. like they were all drawn in. They were like full as anything, but yet something was going in their mind this last week where it's like, I've got to fill out now. I've got to fill out. No, you don't. Just go in looking like that tan up get a little bit of water out of your system and go in like that. You're going to do great. But now in their mind, they've got to come in. They're like, Oh, I spilt over. I did this. I did that. It's like, you ruined it. All that weeks of dieting, you ruined overnight doing this hocus pocus bullshit. And just leave it alone.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I think that, I feel like they didn't do it as much in the nineties. I wasn't really, I wasn't involved in the nineties, but I remember watching, uh, like battle for the Olympias in the nineties and early two thousands. And I remember thinking, You'd see them in the gym and they would look a certain way and then they would go and they would show all the pictures of them on stage at the end of the uh, end of the battle of Olympia. And I always thought every single guy looked better on stage mm-hmm. than they did in the gym. It seemed like – I mean I remember seeing like like um, Milos or Bob or the, these guys in the gym. They're like they look good but then you see them on stage and you're like, oh, they really brought it together. And I feel like now it's, it's probably social media and all the fucking – uh, Yeah, it's Instagram. Like you see these guys that look like they like every single guy is cement. And then they show
1: up and you're like, Oh, he's watery. You know, just look at the look at the press conference from back in the nineties, Ron would tell you, we'd all be sitting up there in our suits, whatever, but we'd all be like everyone's looking like death, sucked in the faces of skeletons. I watch the press conference now and I'm thinking, Fuck, they look like me. They look like me two days after the show. They're sitting there like this. I'm like how can you be looking, sitting there looking that tired, acting like you're going to go like this, and your face is as round as a bloody beach ball? I'm like, everyone used to be up there, like I said, our eyes would be sunken in. You could just look at someone like Kevin Leverone and go, well, he's in shape because you can see his face all sucked in. When you see their faces like that, you know they're in shape underneath. But now those guys are sitting there and they're so rounded in the face. I'm thinking, did he even die? Are we just going to rely on diuretics and hope that's going to pull this water out in the next yeah. hour or the next 24 hours? Because Look, I'm not saying they don't train hard and diet hard, but there's something changed in the way they're prepping for shows now. And as Ron said, maybe it's these gurus that, hey, try this, try it out. I've got this new thing. Let's really carb up and this and do that. It's like if you're already full, already in carb, there's no need to carb up and stuff because you're not going to go get any big. You're only going to start spilling over. And like I said, some of those guys, when you see them at the press conference now and they're already fat in the face and they're sitting there eating during the press conference. I'm like <laughs> uh, it, it, It's okay. You can m- maybe miss a meal, you know, you're not going to lose any muscle. So, Well, yeah. in, Instagram has
2: really, le- it, it, it's created a lot of letdowns at contests because you see these progress picks that they take in the very, the very best lighting, like their bathroom at exactly 4, mm-hmm. 4 p.m. When the sun's coming in like that, <laughs> you know, like in Indiana Jones where it had to come in exactly the right mm-hmm. angle. And uh, you know every little vein, every it's it's perfectly highlighting everything. And stage lighting is not like that. Stage lighting is brutal. It's merciless. Mm-hmm. It's very strong lighting. And so nobody looks as good now as what they've been posting online. So you're right. always disappointed. And plus yeah. the filters. We won't even get into the filters.
1: Yeah. Jeez. That's yeah. why. Yeah. That's why I remember the good old that roller door at Gold's Gym there at the end of the dumbbell rack, right there. Yeah. during the morning time when they put that roller door up anyone that was in shape would be down there posing right in that mirror had the perfect lighting coming in the shading was just right how yeah. many times now do you seen when I uh, think Rami there was really ro- but you know these guys are freaks anyway but as you said they'll go in for that bathroom shot and they'll get that one overhead lighting where they get right <laughs> under it and it puts the perfect shadows <laughs> right over the body they're like well, yeah, yeah. magic
2: mat there's that one bathroom in Oxygen Gym in Kuwait that they all, they all take pictures <laughs> of
0: it's ridiculous yeah uh, yeah nathan ruly <coughs> rami y'all look Ozzy. like the mirror yeah. he's
2: talking about too though it's it was in the, it's in the first room of gold's Venice, yeah. all the way at the back mm-hmm. and dude everybody you could you could be <laughs> look under normal lighting you'd look like six weeks out you'd get there at the right times of of morning or late afternoon and phew, you look amazing uh,
1: everybody. i was in i was in sydney two weeks ago filming for sam's fitness and i stayed in the hotel there and in the bathroom and had those inset lights like that. I got out the shower, had the shower door open and where you walk into the hotel room, they've always got that wall mirror. Fuck. Yeah. I got out the shower and stood under that light. I thought I was six weeks out. I'm like, please, <laughs> this is the comeback. <laughs> okay. Yeah. If I wasn't naked, I would have taken a photo, but I couldn't be bothered going to get my phone. I just stood there in awe of myself. I said, i hey, looking as shit as I am right now. If this light's making me look like that, I was like, Wow. Yeah.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. Some of those hotels they can really make you look good, yeah. man.
1: Well, you see, it too, oh. Like um, it must just be, like I said, every hotel when you walk in the room, they always have that light that's pressed in overhead because yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I just saw some pictures from the last show in Chicago Pro and all that where they're taken in the hotel room but it's right in the doorway because you see the hotel door behind them standing <laughs> under that one light because there's always the door behind them, the sliding yeah. cupboard off to the right or left, and they're standing there. I think Milos took some of Max. Charles yeah. and that in the same doorway I said, every hotel has got that special
0: light. Those pictures were crazy, crazy. Yeah. Ron, you said, I know you were talking about a little while ago. I mean, it was like a couple of years ago now about you, you said you were waiting till you were 50 to do a, to, to do a master's competition. Yeah. Did you ever do that? Or are you going to do that? No, no. Well,
2: I, I need a new shoulder. I need a, I've been needing a shoulder placement for a couple of years i'm not i've been putting it off but honestly you know what i i I could get a pro card if i was very strategic about it because there's so many ways to in my area like if i could suck down to classic physique which for my in the npc i would have to get down to 182 it would be very very tough but i could i could do it if i really really had to although my best my best weight has always been like between 200 205 which is it's too small really for heavyweight because I'm standing next to guys that are 225 and a quarter that were like 280 in the off season. Yeah. But, you know, I, I don't, I, I realized I came to terms a long time ago. I don't have the, the best genetics, so it was always a hobby for me and I wanted to do well. I always, I always trained for the shows to win the shows, but yeah. I knew I was never going to be anything special and I was never going to make a dime at it. So if I, if I compete again someday, that's
0: fine. If I don't, that's fine too. Yeah. Yeah, it just popped into my head when we were talking about when you said you were fifty-one. I was like, I remember you, you saying that, but uh, you, I mean, you threw a good side chest and crab and everything. Though those are good shots for you. I'm I'm a master of illusion. I'm, yeah. You
2: know, I'm, <laughs> I'm I used, I've helped a lot of people out with posing because I know exactly how to hide flaws and emphasize and emphasize strong points. You know, like Frank Zane was probably one of the greatest ever at that. And uh, if you if you master that, you can take a physique that's really like a six and make it look like an eight. Maybe even a nine if you're if you're really. That can,
1: that can be your guru name. We'll call you Ron Harris slash David Copperfield. David Copperfield, yeah. <laughs> mass illusionist, master yeah. illusionist. <laughs> I mean,
2: I, honestly, I the only reason I would want a pro car is just because it's a stupid reason. It's just like Palumbo said it at one time. I think he compared it the same way. It's like it's like a college degree. It's like here, you did it, mm-hmm. you accomplished. You accomplish this this goal and you achieve this uh, level or whatever, but uh,
1: and then and then Instagram and Facebook, you can go IFBB Pro, Ron Harris.
2: Yeah, because I mean, like I said, <laughs> I know a lot of guys around this my area, New England area, that that got pro cards and they I kick their asses so many times in shows. I think, you know, I'm yeah. nothing special, but they're worse than me.
0: Yeah, so
2: it, it kind yeah. of it kind of rankles my fur. When people that, are, that have that suck worse than me are pros, yeah. You know, because I know what the pro is supposed to look like. Because like I came up in that era of the '90s when you saw a pro, you're like, oh my god, you know, they oh, were right. all they were all outstanding. They were all specimens. You even
1: know? even the ones that didn't turn pro. Remember back in right. even golds. Remember like Edgar Fletcher and some of these guys that never got their pro cars. I that mean, meant these meant were the guys
2: that, oh, There were oh, so many great amateurs back oh. then.
1: I mean, like, Freaks. these guys were just knocking on the door every time. You're thinking, how can this guy not be pro? Because you'd see him, you're like, he has to be a pro. No, and these were just, like, the top amateurs. I mean, it was, like, incredible. Yeah. It took Bob
2: Chicarillo like, 20 years of competing to turn pro. Yeah. Uh-huh. He looked awesome, too. Yeah, Bob was good. He Absolutely. looked awesome. And
1: that's, the, and that's the thing now, like you said. Yes, I don't take nothing away from anyone that trains, but some of these people that have only got 12 months. You know, maybe two years of training, they go into a show where the competition may not be that good, and all of a sudden, boom! I'm a pro. It's like, Jesus!
2: (laughs) (laughs) I had a guy message me last week that he's he's been hinting he wants to do a show, and he wanted, you know, show you can't. I said, don't. There's nothing. Don't plan anything now because of COVID. Yeah. The shows they end up you end up prepping, and then the show gets canceled, and you wasted all that time and money. But he said, well, if I win this show, and he was talking about like one of the local shows in Boston, New England. Or the Cutler Classic goes, Do I get my pro card from that? I'm like, No, you don't. And let me tell you something. <laughs> I, I said, I, I have to, be, I'm very blunt with these people. And a lot of them never contact me again, but I don't care. I, I can't yeah. lie to people. I know, I know the feeling. <laughs> I said, You're nowhere near, I said, You need to look at what pros look like. Cause, and be honest with yourself, you don't look a damn thing like that. Maybe yeah. in a few years you will, but right now you're uh-huh. nowhere ready to be, to be up there with people like that. And they yeah. get, a lot of them get very upset. They're like, What do you mean? You know because right. they're on Instagram, they post a picture and they get uh 500 likes, and they have people saying, Dude, right. you're awesome, and girls saying, Oh my god, you're the sexy. This they get their uh-huh. egos fed, and they think, right. they get this delusion that they're something they're
1: not. Uh, have yeah, you noticed yeah. too? Have you noticed too? They will do that too. Like I said, they'll get that perfect lighting at their gym, at their home. Yeah. Say they're doing a side chest shot, say they're like an amateur bodybuilder, and then the same stature of someone like Bonac. and they'll get a picture of Bonac doing a side chest and them doing a side chest. <laughs> And they'll put it together and someone's like, oh, my God, you're almost there. You'd give him a run for his money and you're thinking, what planet are you people on? It's like, seriously. (laughs) I said, do you know what Bonac actually looks like in person And to be on stage with him? Yeah, you can take, you know, anyone can take a picture by himself in the right lighting and look like Mr. Olympia. But when you actually stand near Mr. Olympia, it's like, boom, there's fucking reality just
2: hit you up the side of the head.
1: Yeah. It's like, I like to a, see guy, Lena, a guy
2: right? in my area did that with a picture of him and Arnold side by side in the side <laughs> chest. I'm like, dude, let me tell you, Arnold, one, one of his pecs is bigger than like your entire yeah. torso. but I It's funny, talking, Ron. Uh, a, 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 kid, a,
0: a, a guy comments, in my area did the same thing, did the yeah. same thing.
1: And we're just like, what the hell are you – what I are bet, you
0: thinking? But
1: I, but I bet all the comments were – oh, my God, you look just yeah, like him. You're they right were, there. They were. And then they, then, they, then they start believing all this shit. I'm like, seriously? I'm like, I used, to, I, I used to laugh at how many times we see this, Ron, when you'd go to the Mr. Olympia here, got back there, the biggest, best bodies in the world, and you go to an expo, and here's these doofuses. Look, I give them credit. If you're in the training, I've got nothing against you. But they'd put on these tank tops and come strutting around the expo, and they've got the song, like, Dorian, can I have a picture? <laughs> <laughs> and then they'll take a photo they'll take a photo they'd, take a photo, they'd, they'd walk over to the girlfriend's phone, look at it, no not take another one, they go yeah. back and then they'd post it on something like, you know, get big or something and people would be like, Oh wow, you you should man, look at your arm compared to Dory, and I'm thinking, really? It's, it's like, well, I, I
2: have to confess that I, I mastered out angling because I figured out a long time ago. If I take a picture next to someone like Lee there's no way I'm gonna, you know, that that's another yeah. that's another species of uh, of hominid. That's not a human. <laughs> so I, I learned how to angle and they actually in the in my New England area, they call it running. They made a, <laughs> they actually made a phrase, a verb out of it. That's pretty awesome. You got runned pretty bad in that picture, dude. <laughs> you got run. <runned. laughs> but I, I have it's pretty awesome. It. That's why in my pictures it's always the same side. It's always the same angle.
0: But you yeah. Know, i did what i had to do i learned oh, just bro. to not take pictures with pros period <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> that
2: would be a, that would be another solution the
0: last pro <laughs> i took a picture with was seth with a, was uh seth ferosi and i saw that photo i'm like that's it now I'm, I'm done i'm good i don't need i don't uh, need photos of pros
1: <laughs> I, I would laugh though because some of these guys that actually see it and i'd see them with their girlfriends they would be in line you'd be shaking hands with somebody else you look over and you can see them like they're getting ready they take their jacket off and they'll be like, do you mind? It's okay, do whatever you want. I have guys take the whole top off. But when they get in there, it's like they grab your hand to shake it and they're squeezing so hard they're trembling and they're like this. I'm like, mate, just breathe. It's a photograph. You'll be okay. And they're like – and as I said, they're holding on your hand and it's just trembling because they're flexing so hard. I'm like – just relax, mate. It's a photo. Yeah. It's like you're gonna you're yeah. gonna pop a blood vessel just take a Nobody gives
0: out. a shit either. <laughs> nobody cares. Nobody
1: cares. Oh, but like I said, I think I'd walk over as soon as I would walk over to the girlfriend, and have a look at it. And One more, one more. I'm like, oh, what? Wasn't the right angle? Wasn't the right lighting? And on the Instagram comments, they're like, bro, you're bigger than him. Yeah. Or you get to, you get the one because I'd always shake hands and just do the thumbs up this way or something like, oh, do you mind if we do the other side? They'll have a tank top on and say, why is that your better side? Yeah, yeah, I'm big and I'm looking at them going – mate you look the fucking same both sides but those guys would want yeah girls sometimes always do it but guys would actually be like this is my bigger arm i got to do this side i'm like okay whatever here we go it's like it's like jesus yeah, there's no
0: we... <laughs> there's no bigger arm when you're taking a photo with lee priest no forget about no, it no, no. your well, arms are small
1: there's a there's a couple but you know just like i just laugh i go sure if that's your bigger side go right ahead just
2: like <laughs> well, i legit do have one small can you see the scar i tattooed over it i tore uh... that back in, i tore that in 2011.
1: Yeah, oh, your, tri- your tricep.
2: Yeah, they put it back on, but it was never, it was never the same again.
1: Did have a good? I was training with my mate Richard at um getting ready for the oh it could have been before the uh, 06 Ironman. I think yeah, it was Richard. And he had these um you know the old velcro wrist straps you could put on. Yeah, yeah. And we're doing the overhead dumbbell like this, and all I heard was his I'm like, oh fuck, his strap come undone. It was actually his tricep. It just sounded like velcro. Yep. Just yeah. Just like yeah, just like wow. <laughs> How did you do it, Brian? I was, it was a, it was probably half torn
2: for many years. Cause when the, the surgeon told me that when he, when I woke up from the surgery, but it was, so it was half off, but I'll explain that later. But then I used to do, I, I kickbox for about seven years cause, and I used to do sparring and, um, I fell, somebody kicked me or something and I fell down and I put the arm down to block, you know, to, to, to break the fall. And I felt it come right off. I, I didn't hear anything, but I felt it just go snap. And then when I woke up, from, I got surgery pretty quick. I think I got within three weeks, I was able to get the, the reattachment. And the doctor said, you know, we found like half of it was up here and the ends were <laughs> blunt, which means that had been torn for years and healed and it healed like halfway up toward the shoulder. I said, no, right. I always because I had for many years I had really bad. I thought it was like, you know, uh, tendonitis or something because my elbow yeah. was always killing me. And I went to get like Graston therapy techniques and all, I tried all kinds of things, but it was torn the whole time. It was, it was half torn. And then I fully tore it.
1: Yeah. That's the that's the thing with muscles, isn't it? It's like I always tell people, touch wood have never been injured in the gym. But my mates that have there's like you always think if something's gonna go, you might be like, Oh, there's a little bit of pain, a little bit of pain, but it's not it's just like if it goes, it's just like someone benching, boom, the peck goes. There's not like oh it's feeling a bit sore first. It's just like once it goes, go like you said, for all we know, for a year or two it might just be half hanging on, and then all of a sudden that one exercise you do, I've seen guys tear biceps warming up with 20 pound dumbbells because they yeah. like i said the biceps probably already that torn or hanging off they just go and you know when people warm up too it's like when you go heavy everyone's focused you see people warming up yeah what'd you do on the weekend oh fuck it's like you know because you're not concentrating and shit yeah. tears like that it's just like it's a scary thing when you that's why i want to see people now sometimes going heavy i'm like yeah when i was young i loved going heavy but sometimes the form these young kids use now when they're going heavy i'm just like Oof, yeah. it's like if I could go back in time and tell them, listen, mate, cause, you know, I mean, we all had it when we were young. When you get to my age, you, you're going to get sore joints. We're like, oh, fuck off. You know, yeah, you just I keep mean, going. That's... Yeah. Yeah. But now, but now, but even when we went heavy, I think a lot of guys back then still used pretty good form, but some of the form I see now where kids are benching and doing stuff, I'm thinking, oh, shit, you're only 20. I think, and I used good form and I had aches and pains, but I'm thinking these guys now when they get older, if they're still doing it, the pains and that they're going to have, it's like, oof, that's just like crazy. It's more about yeah. lifting the weight.
2: <laughs> Social media. It's because of Instagram uh-huh. and Snapchat and all that shit. I see them. I see kids. All they do is like max, max, max yeah. attempts on deadlifts and squats. Yeah. They have barely any muscle, but they're trying to squat like four or 500 pounds, uh-huh. you know, shitty half reps. And they're all wrapped up and strapped up and they've yeah. got the tripod or their friends filming them.
1: Yep. And I'm, yeah, like I'm, even, I'm even, I'm even waiting now because this, strict curl things become the latest oh, yeah. sensation oh, i'm waiting for the torn biceps to start happening soon because i'm seeing all these people trying to do these strict curls it won't be long before shh, there goes the biceps and stuff and
3: yeah, yeah.
2: callum was callum and uh who was he doing it with bumpstead when they no, did um, the,
1: they tried to do the two-man 405 pound curl or something yeah. was it bumpstead or was it the other guy uh who's the other guy that goes heavy all the time it wasn't castleberry was it no
2: no nah. well chris doesn't go heavy all the time i don't know how he got roped into that
1: like yeah, figure. I don't remember who it was. And like I said, and that's how quick it happened. Just like, boom, something yeah. like that. And, and like I said, if you're going to be a bodybuilder, see I never did. People go, "Me, what was your max on this? I said, if I couldn't do at least five, six reps minimum, I never went for a max. I said, I'm not a powerlifter. And you got to understand if you're bodybuilding, that's your career. Getting an injury that can ruin your career just ain't worth it. So I haven't got an ego where I can say, okay, I can squat six plates. Let me go seven for five. I'll oh, let me go for 800 and just go for one rep. And then what, tear a quad. And wow, that was great. Thanks for coming. I just, oh. like you said, that ego now just takes over. And as you said, social media, we've got to film it. And I saw a guy here, young kid. He doesn't compete anymore because he fucked himself up with gear. He was only 21, but he abused the gear oh. so much here. His kidneys fucked up. But here's Jeez. the train, train 20 minutes from me. But he'd put up videos, the leg press, totally loaded up. His oh. mates standing there pushing it, but he'd be like this. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. As far. But yet <laughs> every com- every comment, you're an animal, you're crazy. That's so strong. So they start believing all this shit. He's moving yeah. like if this if this was the weight sitting on the stopper that you turn out, he never even turned the stopper out. He just pushed it up, went back down, pushed it up, went back down. If he, if he had actually bent his knees, it would have went crashing down. On yeah. Him. yeah. But every comment, Rushed you're an animal. How do you do that? Da, da, da. And now, like, 21, 22, he's packed it in because he was actually getting ready for his show a couple probably well, two years ago, and his guru had him on that much shit. He was actually turning, like, yellow jaundicey and shit. He oh, just, man. I was just like, uh, unbelievable. But now yeah, he doesn't doesn't do it anymore at all. I just, like, Quick story. Before I, I did,
2: one of my – I don't know if you follow my Instagram. Probably not. You should. Ron Harris, it's at Ron Harris Muscle. The ones where I had the blonde highlights like you have right now, those pictures? Yeah, like that. yeah that, was, that was probably the best I ever <laughs> looked. It was 2002 New England. But before the show, I was I was backstage with the other heavyweights, and this one guy was, like, bragging about he was a powerlifter and he had national titles. He's like, yeah, I squatted 850 or 900. I don't know. What, it was something ridiculous. And I was, like, I was like really feeling inferior because, like, man, I'm thinking, geez, I've never squatted more than, like, I don't think I've ever even squatted 500. My. For a good rep in my life, this guy must have the best legs ever. You know my legs were always good, so I thought this guy's legs were going to be twice the size of mine. And when we finally everyone took their shit off, I was like, oh my god, his legs suck. His legs are horrible.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So strength and strength, yeah,
1: mean a lot. Well, I saw, I saw that. Oh, this would have been probably a year ago. I was at World Gym, and this guy was on the leg press, and again loaded up as much as you can get. And he's sitting there, and he's strapping his knees, he's strapping his knees. But I could see his leg and I'm like, shit, he's going to snap his legs. But then again, like I have seen guys who are not big, but they're just naturally strong. So I'm thinking, well, maybe this guy's naturally strong. I hope to see something good. So by the time he strapped them up, 10 minutes or more has gone past. He finally gets down there. He sits down. He probably moved it that far for one rep and then got off. I'm like, I'm pissed off that I waited all this fucking time to see this massive set. Not the mat- thing that it took him that long to get ready for it. He went that far and got off. I'm like, what the fuck did that accomplish? It's like when I see guys who have calves like this, and I look at the leg press and they're doing toe press and they've got like eight plates aside. I'm like, you're using more for calves and some like some days I what I leg press. I'm thinking, how can your quad muscle be this big but you're using more for calves? I'm like, what, What's yeah. going on here? It's like, oh, they get on the standing calf and they'd put the stack on. They put oh, Yeah, hey, that was a good that was a good look. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's on. a
2: good
0: that's a good look for
1: it was sure. A good year.
2: That was a good yeah. I should have just yeah. stayed like
0: that maybe, we'll, maybe we have, Scar can pull it up for, like, properly you, and uh, – Do you ever yeah. think
1: that when, when you say, like, 2002 – because people always post up pictures of me sometimes. I'm like, oh, I remember that. That was in two thousand And, like, say, two. then you go, holy fuck, that was 18 years ago. Where did – like, time just – boom. It's Like, even thinking about World Gym now, when I was last in World Gym, would have been out in 05 five oh4 And I'm thinking, Jesus, look how long ago that was now. It's like time just – whew. Remember when you were young and the parents go – as you get older, time goes quicker. You're like, yeah, yeah, whatever. It's yeah. like, but it's true. I'm thinking, Jesus, where did that time go when people put up videos? Lee, this was a good year. This motivates me. I'm like, stop sending me this shit because it depresses me. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it motivates you. But when I think back, I'm like, oh my God, that was 18 years ago. I look back at even like the first pro show in 93. We'll be up in 2023 soon. I'm thinking, holy shit. I'm like, where?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of time, we've had Ron for like an hour and 25. You got you got time for a couple more, Ron? Give me a couple more, but then I got to go make a burger, yeah. Okay, Ooh, <laughs> sounds good. Burger. Okay, you, you, so you've, oh, you're, you're, not,
1: you're not vegan. Oh, shit, you just have yeah. to say. Oh, I'm a,
0: I'm a carnivore. <laughs> I love me. Yeah. So uh, you've attended a, a plethora of shows, obviously. Yeah. Is there one show that sticks out in your mind, like your favorite show? If like if you could have only gone to one of them, which one would it have been? Like which one really blew your socks off? 91 Olympia. Nice. Yeah. nice uh
2: yeah it was it was lee's last win um it was dorian's first olympia you had vince taylor i think was third you had Labrada. yeah very to me you had it was just such a great show and it was in That's, the Walt disney world dolphin hotel in orlando and you had like the barbarian <laughs> brothers walking around you had ronnie coleman working security nobody knew who he was, <laughs> I, was nice. I,
1: I just mentioned that because uh, dave asked me today what physique did i admire the most and i just said paul delant but I said, apart from Paul, I said, the one thing that stands in my mind, and I actually said this this morning talking to Dave, was same thing, 1991, when that stage turned around. Because remember it turned around? And yeah, Lee it was Haney, always the same song, too. Yeah, right and here, Lee, it was right here, yeah, right now. Do you remember yeah, that? Yeah. yeah, and then it's like as that stage turned around at the 91 Olympia, and Lee Haney was just standing there like that. Because I think the year before it was drug tested, wasn't it? And everyone didn't yeah. look as good. Everyone was a bit down. So this year... When that stage turned around, you just had Lee Haney standing there, just like, holy shit! <laughs> Imagine he if Lee Haney continues. Uh-huh. That's the best he ever looked. The last yeah. time.
0: Imagine if he kept if he kept going and tried to keep up with uh if he tried to keep up with Dorian, he may have been Ronnie essentially. You, you never know because he, he's only thirty one when he retired. Right. So like, uh-huh. I mean. What would he have looked like at 37 if he kept, you know, on that trajectory? Who knows? Who and knows? I, I, I really don't think Lee was ever heavy
2: on the drugs at all. No. So oh, no. had he pushed like a lot more food, a lot more heavy waste, a lot more drugs, I'm sure Lee could have been much uh-huh. bigger
1: than he was. Because Lee Lee was always, I trained to stimulate, not annihilate. Stimulate, remember, don't annihilate. <laughs> <not Lee. laughs> remember all those videos with him and Mean training together? And <laughs> that would have yeah. been old movies. I love Lee. That was the old VHS, wasn't it, or Beta tapes? You have to put into this big machine, kids. You have Data to watch Max.
0: them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, so it wouldn't be Lee, it wouldn't be a show with you and I if we didn't bring up Bigfoot. Ah, so no. uh, I know I've watched your Q and As, Ron. I know you 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 can get into some Bigfoot and some Loch Ness and stuff. Oh yeah, uh, cryptids, we, cryptids. Yeah, crypto <laughs> cryptozoology. Yeah, Lee and I get into that. Uh,
1: hey, hey, hey Ron, often. Ron, would, Ron would remember. Remember. Giorgio, that used to be the promoter of the San Francisco. Yeah, he's the he's the one that's on the ancient yeah. aliens all yeah. the time. Do you see him on all those shows now? I'm thinking he's crazy, got crazy hair. hair. He's yeah, got his crazy hair. It was Giorgio at the bodybuilding shows. His hair would be slicked back in a suit. And that next time I seen the UFOs and this, I'm thinking, what Giorgio? What the fuck happened? I didn't even know you're into UFOs. I would have spoke to you a lot more if I knew you're into that crazy stuff.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. In those like chariots of the gods type things on the documentaries, there's Giorgio. Talking about the UFOs <laughs> and aliens, I'm like woo.
2: <laughs> Dennis Wolf is huge into that too.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. he
2: is. Yeah, yeah he, he is. Went on a tour. But, who, who wrote Chariots of the Gods? He's a Swedish uh, guy, I
1: think. Yeah, he's, he's on those shows with Giorgio sometimes. Yeah, he's like an older guy. He's like the yeah. I call him like the David Attenborough of UFOs because he's always on there. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they, yeah but,
2: Dennis went like, on a tour that that guy put on, and he took you to uh, a bunch of different places in Central America with, you know, he was saying, look at the way this. That this pyramid, this proves that the aliens, you know, anyway, it was cool. But yeah, but, I, believe but, all,
1: I believe in all that shit. But yeah. uh, did Ron, Ron, did you ever watch that show Jeff and I watch where they go into the jungle? <laughs> I mean, into the forest in America and one gets on the hill and goes, OK, I'm going to call Bigfoot. Arr, yeah. arr. And the other one goes, <laughs> yes, I heard, him. I heard him. It's called yeah. finding, it's called Finding Bigfoot. It was on yeah. Uh, yeah. History right.
0: Channel. Yeah.
1: Oh, what a what a great show that is! I tell you. They
2: never, but they never found them. No.
1: Yeah. That's a then they go. That's a squash for sure. Listen, listen. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's a squash. We hear. No, they, they and then they take a branch
2: and knock on a tree with it, and then they listen. You'd hear something knock on a branch a mile yeah. away. There. Yeah.
1: There you go. That's a big yeah. it's it's like this. It's got like to be. <laughs> hold, on, hold on. Listen. Listen. Okay, I'm going to do it now. did you hear that (laughs) yeah i'm losing faith
2: in bigfoot i'm really losing a lot Uh, of faith.
0: yeah uh,
1: it's too bad
2: i want i want bigfoot to be real i really worse
1: i just want bigfoot even just a good photo of loch ness i'd be happy you know it's just like (laughs) what is the thing we we talk about space so much and really they say you know the deepest parts of the ocean are still so undiscovered so who the hell knows what's down there yeah, the Megalodon. Supposedly, they're still running around down there, I, saw, 70, 60 f- awesome I actually saw that. Um, um, the Meg Part Two is coming back with Statham. So, ah, oh, <laughs> I like. I love that movie when he Statham goes. It's a Meg. <laughs> was like, yeah. <laughs> Apparently, I heard uh, there was uh, the
0: one show on uh, Netflix or something. One of the Bigfoot shows. I've seen them all, and it, it was a panel of scientists and cryptozoologists and stuff. And they, one, one guy had this theory, this guy and this woman that there were different types of like humanoids uh, way back. And homo sapiens are the ones that eventually became, you know, the dominant force. But there was another kind that was like larger, like slightly larger. And I don't know, I don't know. It was, it was homo something else. And it's, it had supposedly died out. So they're thinking it could be some, Some like uh, like a humanoid. It's not actually an ape. It's more human. And it's it's this because it was it was a species of like humanoid at one time. And if 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 a few few survived or whatever, I've always said, like, what if there's only what if there's only two dozen of them or something? Or what if there's only a 100 of them? If there's only 100 of them, you're you're probably not going to find one. Well, you
1: think about it. If we went back, say, let's say 100 years, 200 years back then, even now there's some of those tribes in the Amazons that have never seen a car or a plane. Let's say one of those tribes, if we took Ronnie Coleman at his best, Marcus Rule at his best, Rami at his best, and shoved them in the Amazon and that tribe come walking through and saw those three in the forest, they'd be like, what the fuck is that? It's like to, To them... To them, that would be like some creature from God knows where. If they saw a bodybuilder like that, these tribes, they'd be like, holy <laughs> my God. So oh, yeah. who knows? Maybe there's some people in the forest that knew how to train and they sort of. <laughs> yeah. We yeah.
0: could do a
2: whole we could do a whole show on cryptozoology. I'm way into all
1: that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, well, you we have to be if you follow bodybuilding, you know, looking at those animals on stage. <laughs> like, yeah.
2: What about uh, parent? you guys get into paranormal
0: and demonology and all that? Yeah, a li- I like not, all that. Not too much. I've just started actually, just a little bit, but more of the crypto stuff. But um,
1: you're way behind. Uh, Can you see uh, that? Uh, is that Lin- it looks like Linda Blair. It is. Yeah. Ah, there we go. Nice. I know. I like all that stuff. Oh, that's why I love that movie. Which was it? Um, what's that one with? Oh, yeah, this Australian guys. You know, where it's the true story based on the cop and he became a priest now in real life. Oh, something yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was uh, – a. I know he – something, something Devil, something, something Devil or something. And devil, in real, the devil Inside? It wasn't – I didn't like that one.
2: Yeah, it was the yeah, possession it, story. The guys got yeah. possessed in Iraq so
1: or like, Afghanistan. He, he, he yeah. He was a cop, yeah. But now in real life, he still goes around with that priest doing stuff. So I think there must be something there. But also I would like, too, like these haunted places. I'd love to see where you'd actually see it goes because you have those shows where they go around with their little things that go – or the temperature's different here. This thing's spiking. So, you know, the, yeah. I, I believe there has to be something out there because I said, okay, you get a lot of nuts when it comes to UFOs, ghosts, Bigfoot. But then again, you get a lot of these people who are top at their or They're either top astronauts, pilots. You know, they wouldn't be just going off saying crazy shit. So if someone could call them crazy. So there has to be something to it somewhere. So.
0: Right. And then the history, it goes back so far. There's so many documented cases of like, of Bigfoot type sightings from like the seventeen hundreds and even further. And it's like huh. it kind of makes you think, is it is it an elaborate hoax that has lasted for hundreds of years or well, look at look at those not. shows,
1: um those shows Giorgio's on that Ron's probably seen too, where they'll show you cave paintings where it's got like a guy right. with a spear chasing a buffalo, but then in the sky there's a painted dish-shaped object. It's like, how would they know about a flying dish-shaped object? thousands and thousands of years ago so they must have seen something (laughs) yeah
0: yeah. i think uh i think at some point we'll wrap this one up but i think at some point we should we should have ron back on and we should do like a a 45 minute crypto demonology because i'm interested in (laughs) i'm interested in like the demonology stuff and and that you might know about that'd be be interesting
1: if ron gets out the ouija board we're in trouble
2: yeah oh do not do not mess with ouija boards people i'm telling you right here and now yeah. But, uh, next when we do that I'll I'll leave it so that you'll have to have me back cuz I'll tell the story of how I was attacked by something in a hotel room in Columbus, Ohio in 2013. What? Oh, wow. Uh, okay. Going, We're going, going to, to leave Honest it, to God truth happened.
1: I was going to say if it was 2006 Jeff it was me and the chloroform but I didn't <laughs> want to tell him but <laughs> Was that I'll never 2000? I'll never forget it,
2: trust me. And it
0: I was I was 100% sober and 100% awake when it happened. Yeah. I have one, I have one mild thing that I just, I just, I just, I just blamed on, on marijuana at the time, but I don't, you know, uh, I I wasn't even that high, but, um, there's one thing, but, um, that's (laughs) awesome. We'll do that. We'll do that.
1: Okay. We'll do that. You got it. You got us, you got us all intrigued now, Ron. I'd rather talk about
0: that shit
2: than bodybuilding anytime.
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You're like me. You're like me when I go live on stuff. When people ask training questions, I'm like, can't we talk about just general stuff in general life or anything like you know yeah it's like let's talk about trump that gets them going <laughs>
2: Yeah. <right. laughs> i could give a shit about politics it's yeah. a terrible yeah.
0: all right guys well great show ron thank you thanks for coming on man it's it was an honor to meet you and have you on the show um and uh we'll have you on again to talk about some more interesting stuff
3: yeah
2: it
0: was good times guys everyone it. thinking yeah thank you all right oh, great so show guys Yeah. (laughs) Like, share, subscribe. You're going
1: catabolic. You're going catabolic quick. (laughs) Losing my gains, what little gains I
0: had left. Yeah. Right. All right, everybody. Like, share, subscribe, share with your friends. Let us know what you think in the comments. And uh, for Lee Priest and Ron Harris, I'm Jeff Roberts, and we're out. Cool, guys. Have a good night. Thank you, Ron. Ron. Take care, brother.